0: All right, everybody out there and listening, man, welcome to episode 30 of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. We're back again this week. We've got another fantastic show lined up for you with a guest that we're super excited to have on the show. But before we get into that, I'm here with my co-host in our virtual studio, Steve Nassar. What's going on, Steve-o?
1: Hey, Tucker. Good to be back on the show. I'm super, super excited for our guest today. It's not only a great guest, but it's also a great topic of a really, really fun upcoming event that I know is pretty much the crown jewel of the real estate world here in Portland, Oregon. It's an annual event and I'll leave it at that as we uh, head into the interview. Yeah, we'll, uh,
0: we'll divulge more as time goes on here on this week's show. But before we get into that, what's been going on with you this past week in terms of business, both on uh, you know the agent level and also on the brokerage side?
1: Yeah, so it's been an incredibly, incredibly busy week. I have no complaints about the amount of business that my team has coming in and is comfortably facilitating, had a couple interesting things go on. And one thing, I had a team event this past Friday, got my entire team together, got our uh, preferred lender as well for part of it. Actually, my team had about three hours of time where we did some goal planning, talked about last year where we're doing good, where we could improve. We had about three hours of that. And then for about an hour, brought in our lenders and talked with them, talked about, you know, actually a couple of our director's mortgage lenders. Both of them are with directors, two different teams. Brought them in, talked about how our buyers are meshing together, what we could do better, how we could help each other's businesses more. And so that was fantastic. And then we, we broke from there and had some some drinks and a barbecue and it was just a really, really cool and fun event. So did that last Friday. Also, we had some new clients. You know, business is pretty good for us. So it's not too often that I get uber excited about some new clients that I have, but That did happen this past week, I got, actually it started as a website contact, they had somehow landed on my website and the contact form came through and lo and behold, it's a uh, boyfriend and girlfriend, they each have a house to sell and they want to buy another. Two great houses, one is in Cedar Mill and one is in Portland Heights with beautiful views of downtown. They want to put both on the market. Eventually, we'll probably stagger it, and then together they want to buy another house, probably in about the million, million two price point, close to downtown. So we're looking at some various options on that. So that was super exciting, and yeah, that's no three points. sales
0: wrapped up in one client, which is always yes.
1: Bad. And and I should probably also say they are great and fun to work with people, because that could be a bad thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it just depends, friends. right?
1: <laughs> yeah so that was exciting. On the brokerage side of things, I had an event today. I, I try to put on once a month for our brokers, for the Premier Property Group brokers. We call it our advanced sales and marketing event that I host. Oftentimes, we'll do it at the HBA, or there's another venue that holds about 100-plus people here on Meadows Road out of the 5300 building. Today, it was at the HBA. It was on strategically helping sellers create the best property, and And that was a huge hit. We had a great turnout. My stager came, my stager slash designer. She does everything from staging to design work. She'll even go into owner-occupied properties and even help work with them on that on a consultation basis hourly with their own stuff, helping them maneuver that. So that was really, really cool. Yeah,
0: sounds like you got a lot going on as usual. Well, it's been a pretty pretty busy week for us as well. I actually took uh, the end of last week off, though. I took a little break. I went over to Lapine and uh, I hit Mount Bachelor on Friday. Played hooky from work, which was nice because it was Bluebird Day up there. It was not a cloud in the sky. And then Saturday, I actually went up to Palina Peak and went snowmobiling. So kind of back to back snow sports days. And snowmobiling was uh, a lot of fun. I went with a couple guys that are absolutely insane. And you know, I've only been on a snowmobile about five times, so. I had no choice but to keep up and go where they went. And it was a puckering experience at times. We'll leave it at that. But uh, it was a lot of fun. The weather was amazing and got back in town this week. And, you know, we're just kind of hitting the ground running. You know, kind of a link to you guys over at PPG. We're actually closing on a short sale that uh, your company has listed and negotiated for us here in about two weeks. And so it's in the Foster Powell neighborhood. It's a teardown property. And so, uh, will likely be building a new construction house in there at some point, but you guys have the listing and did the negotiating, so PPG, a little shout-out to them, I suppose.
1: Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. We just listed
0: one of our Lake Oswego projects today at 3555 Lake Grove Avenue, so if anybody's looking for a new construction project in the Lake Grove area, Upper Drive neighborhood, It's about 3,300 square feet, four bedroom, two and a half bath, and it just went on. It'll be done construction wise in about four to five weeks, but we're pre listing it because it's getting to that point. So it's a great house, and I think whoever buys it is going to have an amazing uh, place to live on their hands.
1: Are you going to have a broker tour on that at some point? Yeah, we
0: probably will once it's finished. We're just putting it out there, you know, as we're getting close to completion here to get some pre interest. And, you know, the market's pretty hot. There's uh, virtually nothing for sale around there. So we figured we'd give the buyers something to look at and see if we can find a good fit before the property is actually completed.
1: Yeah, one of these fantastic properties of yours, Tucker, this might be the one or maybe maybe a different one. What would be kind of cool is for you to do a broker's open and we talk about it on the show and see if we can get some of our listeners there and kind of do a meet and greet with some people that, that are out there in listener land.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. I think maybe our NOS Road property would be a good one for that. It'll be about a $2 million property when we're done with it and so you know if we put enough good food out there it's always a good draw right so we can probably uh catch ourselves some realtors for that day and they can come out and we can talk about the show and talk about the product and and everything else
1: maybe find a new guest or two
0: yeah you know we could do that too see who we can uh, rope into coming on the show
1: yeah yeah i like it
0: But beyond that, we've got an appointment actually to look at a new acquisition tomorrow. It's a double lot in the Hallahan neighborhood. I don't know if you know where Hallahan is. They're off McVeigh area in Lake Oswego. It's kind of an up-and-coming area that seems to have a a lot more new construction going on there now than it has in the past.
1: And every street name is a tree, right?
0: Pretty much, yeah. There's maple, there's laurel, there's spruce. Yeah, Yeah,
1: exactly. Is your property uh, on the tree street name? Uh...
0: I don't remember what street it's on. Chris has the uh, lead sheet. But yeah, we're going to see it. It's, it's weird because in that neighborhood, you've got a general zoning of R.75. But a lot of these lots that are 10,000 square foot lots were pre-platted as two lots. So even though the zoning now says R R.75 or R.75, if it was pre-platted as two 5,000 square foot lots, the city has to honor that. So we have um, basically a 10,000 square foot lot in total that was pre-platted for two 5,000 square foot lots. So it's essentially two lots. All we have to do is just reconfirm the lot line. So we're looking at one of those particular types of properties in the Halahan neighborhood. So we'll see how it goes, but it looks like it's a good option
1: for us potentially.
0: Other than that, you know, we're just getting after it, man, doing what we do. And it's been a good week and uh, it'll continue to be moving forward.
1: Cool. Little work, little play. It sounds like a great week.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know, you got to get out and uh, take a break and recharge the batteries every once in a while. And uh, it just happened to be when we got the two days of sunshine in a row that we haven't had for the last four months that I did it. So can't complain about that.
1: Yeah. And there's just so much snow on all the mountains. So when you have that first little hint of spring combined with all that snow, it's just a, it's a special thing. So it's cool that you got to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, and fortunately, I have family members that have houses that we can stay in uh, when we go to La Pine. So it's it's always nice to have a guy or a gal or a family member that you can go on their boat, you can stay in their house, you can ride their snowmobiles. You know, that kind of stuff's always nice. So
1: Yeah, you had mentioned at one point, just kind of throwing it out there for the future, that you might look to do something real estate-wise over there. If, did you poke around a little bit more with that? Yeah,
0: I'm always poking around when I'm over there to to check out what's going on. You know, we've got a lot of capital intensive projects here in town over the course of the next, well, probably the remainder of 2016. And so I don't think I'm going to siphon any of our company capital off and direct it over into that part of Oregon this year, maybe next year, but um, we've got to finish out a number of projects here first.
1: Yeah. And if you did that, you'd have to get all new subs over there, right? I mean it's you or do you think some would drive over there and stay for a while or
0: No, we'd have to probably some maybe, but you know, there's a lot of a lot of what makes Ben tick in terms of the economy in that central Oregon area is construction, right? So there's a lot of tradesmen over there and there's a lot of them that are very good at their job. So, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, getting referrals and finding people that are, you know, Good at what they do over there, just like we've done over here. And you know, I've got a a a good friend. We might be able to get on the show. Who um, they were voted Central Oregon's Builder of the Year, and he has a company over here as well. I won't mention his name on the show, but you know, I'm sure he would be a great resource for some referrals and things like that if we were to start doing some construction over there. But we've got plenty on the uh, table here for the remainder of this year, and so we gotta we gotta punch all that stuff out first before we look to expand. That's for sure. Yeah,
1: it's amazing. It never ceases to amaze me how. Many high end homes per capita they have over there. It's a community of about a hundred grand, maybe even not quite, maybe 90,000. Obviously, there's other surrounding communities, just like Portland Metro has. But I mean, per capita, they just have so many high end homes. I mean, a lot of retirees, a lot of California money. The other thing that always amazes me is how many golf courses they have per capita. Tons. I was over there on a little golf trip here in the last year, and I was talking with a local who I got paired up with in the process, and we started doing the math, and they have more golf courses there than Portland has, and I mean, again, when you're talking about 100,000 people and a few surrounding areas, I mean, obviously, they get a lot of travelers and vacation people, and clearly, it works because they have it and they do it, but man, it's pretty amazing.
0: God, I drove by a ton just you know driving around out there, and they've got god what's that community just outside of sun river is it it's it pronghorn or is it something else that's like super high end and it's on a golf course you know some ex-nfl Tessaro? players what's it's, that it's not tessero is it sounds Tess- i sh- i should know it but it's it might be it's like this little community of multi-million dollar homes literally just outside sun river and it's kind of the super exclusive you know area right over there and it's right on a golf course and I actually drove by the golf course and checked, you know, just kind of drove through the area while I was there because I was just curious what it looked like. But anywhere that there's a golf course, there seems to be a high-end community surrounding it too yeah. out there, which, yeah. um, you yeah. know, goes
1: to those you two said. things go hand in hand, by the way, when I say per capita, the high, the, so many high-end homes and golf courses, that's not a coincidence. They do go together <laughs> very that nicely. Was,
0: that was the link I
1: was making. So yeah, exactly.
0: But yeah. So anyway, things are going good. We've got a lot going on. Sounds like you do as well, but We don't need to keep our guest waiting any longer, but before we jump into him, maybe I'll let you give a little intro to who we've got on the show this week.
1: Yeah, so I'm incredibly excited to have on here Jeff Hager. He is a uh, fantastic custom home builder here in our local area. He's done numerous Street of Dreams homes and is currently working on a home for the Street of Dreams, and it is going to be a very, very special Street of Dreams, and that's going to be a large part of our interview, so let's go right into it.
0: Yeah, so Jeff, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, guys. Thanks
0: for taking the time. I know it, it's crazy <laughs> going up yeah. to uh, yeah,
2: trying to punch out Street of Dreams films. It, it's getting crazier every day, so
1: <laughs> lots yeah. to do. Yeah, so let's go right into that, Jeff. Tell us First, tell us a little bit about yourself, your company, how long you've been in business, some of your past Street of Dreams experience.
2: Yeah, so I've been doing this 19 years, believe it or not. been in construction my whole life. Primarily, we focus on pre-sale custom homes in that million to five million range. We do do some remodeling, and occasionally for our clients or clients' friends, we will do homes you know, in that 750, 600 range, but it really depends on our, our workload. Street of Dreams, this will be our sixth show, so we're very familiar with the show, and it drives a lot of business for us, and we're excited for this year's show. It's going to be cool.
0: Six shows, man. That's that's a lot, Jeff, <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> uh, and I get you know, and I totally get why
0: you guys do it. I mean, obviously, we did it one year that you know you did it as well in two thousand and thirteen. It really is a great platform for the custom home builder to essentially fill your pipeline for the upcoming year, and I'm sure that it's been a great tool for you guys to do that,
1: oh, absolutely, and how does that look? I've heard you say that before, jeff, and i I get it, I fully believe it, but a typical new client or customer that comes out of the street of dreams does it happen at the show like you're there, or someone from your from your organization is there, and they ask for a card, and then they call you later, or or is it just like a year later, out of the blue, you, you get a phone call, and you're like, hey, I saw your house in the street of dreams, and we're looking to build, or is it both? It's,
2: it's both. It's almost more of the latter. I think it's because it really gives us a unique opportunity where instead of somebody interviewing builders and just meeting with us, there it's almost like a live 3D building card you know we get to walk through the house and have conversations that you wouldn't normally get to talk about and so a lot of times I'll have met with somebody walk through the house and not even know that you know a year two years later they'll call me up and say hey we went through your you know 2013 show and we're very interested in you building our house
1: gotcha and when you are at the show when the show is in process are you pretty much there like almost all the time as much as humanly possible
2: I, I try to for that very reason. I try to be there at peak hours, Friday nights, Saturday nights, Sundays, just because you, you never know who you're gonna walk into, you never know who you're gonna talk to. And um yeah, so I do my best. It's a big commitment, but I try to be at the show as much as I can.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's a month long well, it's much more than a month, but the month that the show's open, it's you know, it's basically ten, twelve hours a day for thirty days straight. So you know, and on top of that, there's the staffing issue. You gotta have staff in your house, which is depending on how you structure it with an it's an agent maybe their office that helps out or whether you just hire people it's it's a major commitment from you know both the builder's perspective but also the managing the staff perspective as well cuz you got to hold that house open basically 30 days straight all day long and all night which is crazy
2: <laughs> but it's so nice because typically you know the homes we build for our clients it's a private home nobody gets to go through that home so it's right. really had one client that we went through this experience for a year or two years with, while the Street of Dreams, we get to open that experience and that home up to the entire public. That's what's so powerful about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're going to talk about this year's here in a moment. I didn't ask you this question before, but I'm just curious. Do you have a favorite Street of Dreams prior to this year? I, I think this year might be in the running moving forward for that, but do you have one a yeah. one?
2: You know, I don't know if I have a favorite. They're all different in their own way. I really like the '13 show. That was a very cool show. I really like the '05 show. I like the 04 one, the '03. I mean, really, all of them were different in their own way. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I have a favorite other than this year's is going to be pretty special.
1: Yeah, and '05 was the quarry right out in Wilsonville, and, and that was a really cool house. Yeah, and that, that was-, was a cool show. I remember that one. That was one of my favorites. I'd say. Leading up to this year, it's one of my favorites, yeah. Prior. Yeah, it's
2: probably right towards the top. Yeah, it's hard yeah. To the top.
1: Cool. Well, let's talk about this year's. How do you compare this year's to the past year's, and why?
2: You know, this year's show is really special. One of the biggest reasons is just the site in, in particular. There's been nothing like it, and there may be nothing like it for the rest of my career. It's right across the street from Oregon Golf Club. It's a big open acreage site. It's around 30 acres of vineyard surrounding the entire properties. It has its own barrel wine tasting house for the entire subdivision. The developer has a separate vineyard that's operating the entire vineyard in there. And there'll be five homes in this show. Every one of them will be $4 million plus, all with pools, big sprawling estate properties. I mean, it's it's going to be an impressive show.
0: So they are going to be all over $4 million then, it looks like.
2: I believe they're all approaching that mark right now. That's I know we started at about three and a half and up, but I think every one of them is over four at the moment.
1: That is amazing, by the way. You know what's
0: funny is in 13, I think everybody started at 1.2, and then we all ended up about uh, 1.8 to 2 million yeah. or something. They tend
2: to creep. <laughs> yeah, it,
0: it, you get the Street of Dreams creep. That's uh, just kind of yep. the way it
1: works.
2: Yep.
0: I've done a show with you guys. I've seen a lot of the work that you've done. You guys build really nice homes and I would say, you know, we're we're pretty hard on other builders that we come across absolutely without a doubt. With that being said, maybe you can give us a little sneak peek of, you know, specifically what type of home you're building this year, maybe some of the cool amenities that maybe you're putting in there that might be show-worthy or kind of showstopper things or just things that your clients really love.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So This site, um, because it's in the vineyard, you know, we've done a lot of stuff in Pronghorn in Central Oregon. We've done a lot of Tuscan homes, and they're really hard to do in our market because you just don't have the right location. And this year was just a perfect fit for that because of the vineyard. So we have a very Italian Tuscan design, very authentic all the way through inside and outside, right down to the stones we're using. There's a barn, a separate barn that has a golf simulator in it and the whole barn is going to be all stone and like the old metal roof on it. The main house there's, you know, old reclaimed beams throughout the house worked with Rhonda Divers interior. She does all of our street of dreams projects, all of our custom projects. She's fantastic to work with. She's done an amazing job. I can't wait to show the public all the things we're doing on the inside. And then the whole house opens up to this huge outdoor patio with pavers a casita outside with a guest bedroom, pool house, and this gigantic pool that's got slides and rocks and waterfalls, and it all looks out on an infinity edge out onto the vineyard and Mount Hood, so it's, it's spectacular.
0: Sounds like you got one of the better lots.
2: <laughs> you know, they're all, they're all amazing lots. But yeah, we there's a whole seniority process when we pick our lots. And I, I, we have a lot of seniority, so we're always in the, the top two usually to pick. And it, it was my favorite lot, but there really isn't a bad lot in the show.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm aware that they're all really good. But like you said, there is a seniority process. It sounds like you guys got towards the top of that. So that's yeah, great. Always.
1: <laughs> and, and Jeff, I think I know the answer to this. But for our listeners, this is a custom home. So you have – this is not a spec. You have a buyer, correct? That's correct. In, in, in process. Awesome, awesome. Correct. And you prefer that versus being a spec, I would imagine?
2: If- I do, especially when you get into homes that are on acreage. They're estate homes. They're large, big customs We typically, because of how hard it is to find land in our market, most of our clients come to us very early on. We help them find property. We walk them through the whole process. And I find that, you know, when you get to a client with discretionary income, they want what they want. It's very hard to do a $2 million home when they may want it a little bit differently. And I just find it more rewarding to go through that process from start to finish with them and, you know, turn the keys over to them in the end.
1: And for our listeners, I have seen Jeff in action on this process, and whenever I do have a custom home, I usually do send them to, to Jeff. Tucker's a great builder as well, but he tends to build spec homes and, and not do as much customization once they get off the beaten path very far i'll let him confirm that (laughs) yeah
0: i mean it we have kind of different business models which is you know it's not a bad thing at all you know i have a lot of respect for jeff to be able to you know do the custom home game to the level that he's doing it because it it does take a lot of patience at times and it's a lot of work but you know your end product definitely shows it as well we're just more geared towards you know the spec game that's just what we're good at so that's what we do obviously my wife joni she ran the custom home division for a A bigger builder for a few years and I think that that burned her out on it honestly so I don't think I could have her do a custom if I wanted to (laughs) at this point so so.
1: yeah yeah and in that process I mean it's every bit being a, a good builder and a great builder but it's also being a customer service person a good people person and I've seen Jeff he's fantastic at both so I can definitely attest to that well, tell us about the other houses being built, Jeff.
2: You know, I don't know a ton about them. I mean, I've seen just, uh, you know, in the few meetings we've had as a as a group, we get together several times throughout the process just to help coordinate issues we're having, concrete delivery trucks, stuff like that. We do share with each other what we're building. But honestly, I've only seen preliminary plans for the other homes. They all seem to be in the similar size point But there's a lot of diversity. There's some French country homes. There's a more modern home. I forget what the other one is, but it's going to be a real good diverse show of different homes. And I think that's going to be something that when you get a little more open estate lots, you get more creativity and the ability to do a a wider range of products, which the public's going to love.
0: Yeah, I think so. What is the total number of homes that are going to be in the show?
2: There'll be five in the show, which is a perfect number because, you know, you get more than five and it starts to get hard for people to get through all of them. They start to blend together. Nobody remembers what builder did what home. Five, in my opinion, is the perfect number. Yeah, so I agree with you there. Now, I there are other
1: homes going in there, but they're just not going to be in the show. Is that right?
2: That's correct. There's, there's nine total lots in this subdivision. Five of them are being built for the show.
1: So will the other four be around during the show, or are they going to be built after?
2: So some of them are still available. We're working on tying one of them up. We have some some interesting clients, but that's not finalized yet. Some of them are owned by the developer. I think a couple of them can start construction now technically, but they'll have to stop during the show and then pick up after the show.
0: Yeah, they have constraints, Steve, in terms of where you have to be by the time the show starts, if you're going to start construction, because obviously you don't want to half built something hanging out there for 30 days not only in terms of how it looks, but also for potential liability, people going onto the job site, stepping on nails, falling, something like that. So it has to be planned out for sure, as does obviously the construction of the homes that are in the show. And so – Maybe, Jeff, I know that as you get closer to the drop dead date, that things have to be done. The pressure cooker really starts cranking. You know, people have to start working on top of each other. Subs, tempers flare. People, you know, have their uh, issues. And it's your job to calm everybody down and keep them motivated to, to keep working. How, how is the progress going this year? Is it a little behind schedule or is everybody staying on schedule? What does it look like?
2: You know, uh, we're right on schedule, but you, I mean you hit it on the head. You know, a lot of people always ask that question of how we get these done in the amount of time. You know, like you know, Tucker, it has more to do with the building process in general is very inefficient. Um has everything to do with ordering things, crew showing up on time. Luckily for the show, the suppliers are very aware of it and they make sure they pull special favors to get us products sooner. We're able to have instead of, you know, four framers on a job site, we get fifteen electricians, all the crews right down the line. So I've done this enough to have everybody pretty lined up. So right now we're moving pretty much along my pace that I want. But like every year, they always try to start the show sooner. Uh, That's a whole different conversation. But we were hoping to start this one uh, last August, and that that didn't happen. (laughs) But we're on a normal timeline for a normal show. Are you guys working weekends currently? You know, right now it's hard with the weather and stuff, but yeah, we're working a little bit on weekends, but pretty soon we'll be working uh, at least six days, probably seven days a week.
0: Yeah, as you get close to that last month before, it's seven days a week for most guys. Now, Jeff's got more experience with this than a lot of builders, so he's kind of planned ahead, it sounds like, a lot better than the average bear, which is very good in terms of keeping (laughs) the stress level down, but there's still, you know, there's just stuff that comes up. I mean, God, with the year we did it, I got a call from Nancy like I think it was two weeks before the show started and she said your house is on fire get to the street of dreams and I said what and she says I gotta go bye and then I tried calling my project manager and Joni my wife and nobody was picking up and I was thinking oh my god we're two weeks away from finish and the house is on fire well Turns out, Jerry, our project manager, was able to put the fire out. It was in the crawl space. But the fire department showed up, and that's a whole other story because it put a, a wrench in everybody's plans for the rest of the construction. But they tried to cut a hole in the middle of our floor after we'd already put the fire out, and we had to throw them out of the house and tell them, there's no effing way you're cutting a hole in this floor right now because you, you know they wanted to cut through the, the floor joists and everything. They had their saw ready to go. And I, so, yeah, it's, uh, tensions are high, and when you're trying to get stuff done, Man, it, it, can be, uh, it can be a lot of work, and sometimes you get a curveball thrown in. So there's, there's always stories. Everybody's got something to deal wow, with. Wow, that's
1: a doozy it. of one.
0: But uh, it sounds like Jeff's on track, which is, which is nice to hear. Yeah,
1: yes. Don't, don't have any fires, Jeff, literally.
2: No, no. <laughs> has no
1: there ever been, as far as you guys know, has there ever been a builder that just didn't cut it and make it on time?
2: You know, I've never been in a show where that happened, but yeah, I I mean, I'm aware of it once or twice not happening. And they they literally put a fence around it and block it off, and it's not part of the show.
1: Yeah, that's probably not the best thing for their reputation. Yeah, I mean,
2: some
0: guys are literally working all the way through the night, the opening night party and everything, you know, to get it done. I mean, sometimes it's just what you got to do.
1: Yeah, I've always heard the stories that it's always right down to the end. I mean, it's just push, 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 push. I mean, literally, like, you go there a week before, and it looks like a war zone, and you're like, there's no way, and then you go, sure enough, a week later, and it's it's ready.
2: Yeah, you know, the construction process, uh, people don't always understand. I mean, it's really a lot about momentum. You know, as, lo- as long as, you know, like, the electricians show up and you have everything there, they can do an amazing amount of work in a short amount of time. It's when it's very easy to get a home to 90%. It's very hard to close a home out because you're missing lots of parts and pieces. So, you know once the stuff's on site, that makes sense that from the public side, it doesn't look like the house is anywhere near done. Yet when everything trims out, that can happen in a really short amount of time if you've got everything there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always say the last 10% is the hardest. And, you know, that's <laughs> it's always where the, the, the money's made right there. That's for sure. So... Steve, well, we've got, uh, I know that uh, Jeff's got to run here, but before we let him cut him loose here, I think we got one more question. Maybe you can fire that off, him.
1: Yeah, I actually have two real quick. The other four homes, Jeff, are they all spoken for? The ones in the street?
2: I believe one of them has a owner in it, but I think they also are listing it. So, I mean, all of them have, I think, a pre-sale, but one of them, they're trying to sell it to. If they don't sell it, I think they'll move into it. And I think maybe one of them by Dream Homes is available.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. And the one next to you has a large, large basketball court. Is that right? For an NBA player?
2: You know, actually, that home ended up not going in the show.
1: Oh, really? So still in the books for the NBA player, but just not going to be in the show.
2: I don't know whatever happened with that. I think that lot's actually available right now, but it ended up not going in the show. Okay,
1: okay. Hmm.
0: Well, there might be, you know, some some drama there maybe. We'll find out at a later date. We'll see.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And our last question, Jeff, so we can let you get going. What do you know about upcoming future Street of Dreams? Are there any locations that you're aware of or hoping will come to fruition?
2: Boy, you know, those always, you know, come honestly more at the last minute. Even this year's show, nobody really knew of until around July of last year. So I know of a couple that may be coming up through the vines, but... Nothing that's firm yet at all. They have not selected that. They won't officially select that until later this fall. And I do not know anything concrete yet.
1: Maybe you could educate us, our listeners, How's that selection process go? Is there a vote by like a panel?
2: Yeah, so they have a committee at the HBA. And what they do is they reach out to everybody, to um, developers and things to say, hey, we're you know searching for sites for the 2016 or 2017 show. And then people submit their applications because there's a a number of criteria that you have to meet to be in the show. You have to have adequate parking. You have to have, you know, all these different things to meet their show site facilities. And then, yeah, they they internally vote on it at the HBA with special committee. And then those get pushed through to be the next three of dreams. Very, very cool. And it's very difficult in our market, as you guys know. There's not a lot of land. So this site is is a one-of-a-kind because they just – they don't exist. They're, it's hard enough for us to find one lot, let alone <laughs> 30 to 40 acres for an entire subdivision of high-end homes. It's, it's, uh, it's a pretty amazing site.
0: And yeah, it's, it's a challenge for yeah, sure.
1: And, and in a location that would justify the pricing. I mean that's the other thing. I mean you can go out to some various areas and maybe find the land, but do you really want to put – Pushing $4 million homes on there. So that's what's great about this year. It's got a perfect alignment of everything.
0: Yep. Fantastic. Well, hey, Jeff, we appreciate your time. Glad you could come on the show and pull back the curtain a little bit on what's to come in terms of the Street of Dreams coming up for this summer. Steve, any last comments or no. questions before we'll, we
1: cut? We'll look for our block party passes in the near future. Though. Sounds <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> hey, <laughs> those are
0: like gold, I tell you. They're only Absolutely. allowed a certain number, and so you gotta you gotta make sure you're really kissing up that week <laughs> so
1: you <laughs> get one. <laughs> I'll send you a couple custom builds between now and then. How's that, Jeff? Sounds good. Well, thanks for having me
2: on, you guys. Thanks, Jeff.